Episode 7, I'm Josh Canal, sitting to my left. Congratulations, Thank brand you. new father, Thank Ross McQueen. Thank you very much. And uh, father to many, <laughs> pays money to none, Brett Cropley. <laughs> good evening, viewers. How are you, boys? Excellent. Very good. Ross, you're, I'm guessing, a bit tired? A bit tired, but uh, other than a little cranky, as I'm sure my bits will show, uh, not too bad. Okay. And I'm seeing that on your bits from right here. Yep. <laughs> and I don't want to see your bits. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got the show off to such a great start. <laughs> Coming up later on the show, of course, we've got the news of television. I don't buy it. An ad from Brett Cropley. Some letters to box cutters. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, is, is that not Brett Cropley? Is it no, I, I, You've got I'm, the ad. I'm not buying it this week. Right. Russell McQueen, not buying it this week. But I suspect that uh, nobody's really buying Right. What this uh, company is shoveling. So, uh, a couple of letters that have come through to uh, the box cutters letterbox cutters <laughs> at hooray at boxcutters.net. Uh, and then, uh, you know, talking about some television from the week, finishing off, of course, with the box cutters quiz. Mm. It just gets more popular every week. Oh, yeah. But right now... Oh, sorry, Ross. What? Are we also announcing the winner of the logo competition? No, we're not, because there's controversy. Exactly what I was thinking. Ah, controversy. Okay. <laughs> there, is, there is controversy. Right. Uh, because, uh, because we don't all agree. Ooh. So we're going to have to... We haven't really spoken about it yet. No, no, we've only spoken about it on email. But thanks to, uh, to everybody who sent in their, uh, their designs for the Box Cutters Ooh. logo. Inundated, I think, is the word that we could use for that. And, uh, and we've narrowed it down to two. And we just can't... So, so yeah, there's given, three of us. There given, are two of those. Yeah, given that there's three of us, surely that would... Well, okay, here's the thing, Ross. You like one, Brett likes one, and I really like aspects of both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I made, I made a suggestion about, about perhaps bringing them together and then adding another layer. Ooh. So, yeah, so maybe we could, you know, speak to the two people who... Uh, who are involved this week, we'll uh, email them and, and see maybe they want to work together. I think you know who you are. You, you, might, you might know who you are. I think we should get rid of the balls. Get, get rid oh, of the... Oh, come on. This is a Channel 9. Channel 9. Channel 9. Yeah. Getting oh, rid of the balls. Oh, no, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, what balls? Have we, is there balls in the designs? I didn't see any balls. No, see, the channel, this is what I was doing. But he was talking about Channel 9 getting rid of their balls. Yes. That's what he was doing. You know what? Let's end this. <laughs> Go to some news. Some news just for Ross. Oh, fantastic. Simpsons news. Ah, excellent. I love a good bit of Simpsons news. Simpsons gets makeover on Arab television. This came from uh, CBS4. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Uh, So they're going to start appearing on Arab television. In order to do that, though, the show had to be changed to suit Arabic culture. Mm -hmm. And uh, instead of beer, Homer's going to drink soda. Ooh. Marge couldn't be quite so conservative. <laughs> <laughs> Homer's also not allowed to eat bacon. Ah, oh. which is uh, which is which is very interesting. So or what, pork what, chops, or pork chops, or any 
Mm, he he generally, they, generally can't donuts. act like the pig that he is. Or, or donuts too, I hear. Do they blur them then? I, I don't know. I don't know if they blur them or if they've got you know, 50 Koreans working on redrawing aspects <laughs> of, of The Simpsons. Uh, but it's, uh, it, it started this month in Ramadan wow. on Arabic television. So wow. you know, I don't know how much TV gets watched during Ramadan. But uh, there we go with The, with the Simpsons. Now, Fantastic. multicultural. 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 Yes. What have you got, Ross? Uh, everybody loves Raymond star Brad Garrett, who uh, listeners will remember as uh, Robert, the big dopey brother, is in talks to uh, play a spin-off character based on the character of Robert from Everybody Loves Raymond. So a tall cop. Uh, yeah, a, a tall wacky cop. I can hear the yawns coming already. Yeah, I'm uh, so, I just can't wait. It's interesting, though, because he <laughs> he was the major problem causer in all the uh, Everybody Loves Raymond pay disputes. Yes, he was. Uh, and it's the same producers, I believe. So, obviously, everything's been swept under the carpet. Well, I think I think what happened there was, you know, he'd won Emmys yep. and gone, it's just ridiculous that I'm not getting paid the, the wages of an Emmy winner. But at the same time... They get paid so much money <laughs> for just acting. For for really just just doing you know one episode every week. How much were the cast of ELR on? Uh, towards the end, a lot. I, I, um, a million plus an episode. Uh, I'm sure Ray was, and I, I'm wondering if well, maybe but, so Ray was a producer the, though, and that was where the whole thing came in. But I'm wondering if maybe the family tension from the show actually did spill over into real life, as in everybody loves Raymond and Brad Garrett saying, "Well." We're just as much a part of this show. We deserve more of the money. I don't love Raymond. <laughs> which, which is why I love Everybody Hates Chris so much. And uh, But just on that, um, let's all hope it's as successful as Joey. Yeah, it's just, you know, leaps and bounds. Mm. Joey, which has gone to another season. Really? It, it, it is. Not that you'd know it here in Australia. No, no. We, and fair enough, you know, it's about time we just stop showing some shit. I mean, we still have to show Two and a Half Men. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Terrible. What uh, have any uh, comedy show spin-offs worked other than Frasier? Frasier would be probably the most successful, but Joni loves Charchi. <laughs> Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley. Laverne yep. and Shirley worked really well as as a spin-off. Uh, Frasier, yeah. Was Frasier. Charles in Charge actually a spin-off? No. No. They just had a lot of references. A lot of references. Uh, Aftermash? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Uh, speaking of spin-offs, former star of Spin City, Michael J. Fox. Yes. How'd you like that for a segue? Is it better if I don't mention that it was a segue and then just go smoothly through it's it? It's a double segue because it's a spin-off and it's Spin And City. Spin City. Yep. Uh, Michael J. Fox, uh, he left, left Spin City, as we all remember, because uh, he had Parkinson's and, and couldn't control it much anymore, mm-hmm. uh, is 44 years old. Oh, my God. But he still looks like a 16-year-old. But he still looks like, you know, he's still playing 16-year-olds. That's not the news, however. The news (laughs) is that he is going to guest star on three episodes of Boston Legal coming up later this year, which is the David E. Kelly spin-off of Uh, The Practice, I believe. Yeah. really. Slightly different, though, uh, drama to a comedy spin-off. I haven't right. seen any of Boston Legal, but I've seen the advertising. Is is um, uh, has been what's the Star William Trek? Shatner? William Shatner like has the, been the Star number Trek one character. Or no, did he kind of just come in as as special celebrity who 
yeah, pretty much. I, I, I haven't watched it much, but my understanding is, yeah, he's, he's a special guest star every week. But the main focus of the show James is Spader? James Spader. James okay. Spader's character. It's a little bit like uh, Charlie Sheen was supposed to be. Uh, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen yeah. was supposed to be on uh, West Wing. Yes. yes. But yes. then they realised that they couldn't make that work. And and now he is the and focus. Got him in full time and upped his rate. And Rob Lowe's contracted stated that he must be the highest paid actor on the yes. series, and that's why he left. Yes, indeed. Yes, mm. uh, and uh, interesting thing going on with the credits of uh, West Wing. of West Wing back then as well, because Rob Lowe was the first name up, and then it was alphabetical order, and then it was and Martin Sheen. Um. So, and you know, we all know the ands. Are very valuable, yep. mm. and being first up is very valuable. And then the rest was alphabetical order. It was it was very strange. Yeah, uh, we haven't spoken about the video iPod. I don't know if it came out before the last show or not. The, uh, the news. I think, of it. I think the day of the last show. And uh, th- this is this is exciting for television watchers because they're going to be able to purchase TV shows the evening. Sorry, the day after they air in the states. Yep. For one dollar ninety nine US. Yep. And then and play them on the iPod. Watch them on a postage stamp. Mm. Still, you know that this week, just this week, I missed an episode of uh, I, I missed an episode of The Shield, and was running around like crazy trying to find someone who had uh, who had taped it. I was trying to get it on on BitTorrents and I couldn't. Uh, ended up getting it from Channel Te- Channel Ten. So thank you very much, Kate. I love you, and uh, and you know I'll buy your car or something. It was, you know, just above and beyond Call of Duty. But what I'm saying is not that I have friends in high places, but that we need to, which I do. I'm so powerful. <laughs> I'm so powerful. Uh, this is a great service. I mean, this is television really realising what the music industry never realised, and that's we've got to keep up with the technology. People are going to pay for it, and they're going to love it. Will we actually yeah. get it here, or will it be like the iTunes debacle? Well, we still don't have an iTunes store, and exactly. it's going to be sold exactly. through the iTunes store. Yes. Well, at um, the moment, it's just going to be the ABC network in the States doing it. But with it, Lost and Desperate Housewives. Yes. Still, it, those will sell. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but, I think, well, the the video iPod and the PlayStation Personal Portable, which one is it? PSP, which is um, called PSP. Which, which has its own little format uh, for the video on it. I, I have serious concerns about both of them. I, I, it might be kind of silly of me to, to express it in the podcast format, but I have issues <laughs> about the iPod full stop and Apple uh, kind of taking on business practices that more suit Microsoft. Um, and I see them very much going down that kind of track at, at because of the cult of the iPod. Mm. Um, but there, there are ways around that. I mean, the I, iPod screen's even smaller, again, than the PSP screen is. Yeah. Yes, but uh, and the PSP screen is just superb. Absolutely superb. I, I saw one during the week, and I just couldn't get over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe we should uh, get one into review. Because oh, yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't physically seen a PSP. Right. Uh, you, could, you could just go into a store, like I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or, or we could, or we could try to get one. Anyway, the the thing is, the resolution on these screens is just getting really, really, really good. And if I was on a train, yeah, but they're still small. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, in one sense, we're getting bigger and bigger. With you know, everybody wants to have a million inch TV. But in the other sense, I'm so glad you said TV at the end of that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> but in the other sense, you know, people, uh, they, these things are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I don't, I don't see the point in that, and I don't see the point in DVD players in cars. 
It would, it would maybe work. No, I don't see the point of DVD <laughs> It's It's good for the kids. You'll find out about that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do think that the LCD kind of glasses that you wear um, are good because it, it actually has a, a very large screen uh, equivalent. Mm. Um, but watching an iPod in your hand on the train, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't do it. Uh, I would. But that's just because I love television. I want to have it wherever <laughs> I go. Uh, but I believe this... Um this does have a some sort of you know how technical I am, guys. But you can hook it up to the TV, except that the resolution isn't going to be good enough. Oh, really? Of your yeah, TV, uh, or of the signal going to of the, the signal TV? going to the TV? Oh, really? Okay. So it's it's made th- That's these crazy. these episodes are, are, are like like especially for the iPod screen. The the video resolution on your phone is is double that of television. Why can't? This is only what I've heard. I haven't seen it. So I can only say what I've heard. Okay. And why don't we just wait till next week when uh, they bring out their next iPod? Because they seem to be bringing out an iPod a week. They really are. Bless them. I I love my iPod and I wouldn't give it up. I mean, it works really... It it does everything that I want it to do. And some things that I don't want it to do, like a diary. (laughs) You know, it's got some weird functions in it. But, you know, I think think this is... It's time that we... We started moving forward in in technology this way. And what about the the concept of paying for television oh. shows the day after? Yeah, great concept. Do I we think. love that? Do you want to hug that, Brett? Mm, I'm you, not sold. You don't. You're not sold. Yeah, I'm almost not buying it. Really? Right. Mm. Mm. Surely, though, this is the way of the future. Way of the future. When it all when when the TV becomes a whole interactive. Blah 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 blah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I think it's an excuse for for a lack of good programming. Oh, right. <laughs> this is opening a whole other can of worms. It, we should okay, we yes. should focus on it later on. We should move on. Uh, You've got more news. Ross? I, I do have more news. I've got a couple more things actually. But um, uh, I asked you last week. I think it was last week uh, if the ABC had any plans to show the new Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant show extras, which is their follow up to The Office. And I said absolutely not. There is no way. There aren't enough episodes. ABC would never do it. It's never going to happen. And then this week they've announced that they are doing that. So that's fantastic news. Unfortunately, though, not until next year. Right. Now, just as a side note to that, the ABC have never shown the Office Christmas special. Yes. Oh, no, they haven't. No, No. they haven't. They haven't. That was on Foxtel. They Mm. haven't. That was on UK TV. That's interesting. So Mm. hopefully we'll get all six episodes of the extra. Uh, That's true. That's true. You know what's going to happen there. And that was such a great ending. They managed to have a happy ending, but still make it. Not uh, stay true to all their values. I think that's one of the best endings to a TV show ever, personally. But yeah, you know, almost up there with New Heart. <laughs> the end of the end of New Heart was just superb. Yep, uh, I never I'll, got to see it. Oh, I never really? got to see the last episode of Seinfeld either. Wow, well, you didn't miss anything. No, that. last episode oh. of Seinfeld. <laughs> chuck that in the bin. Last episode of New Heart was just brilliant. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, so I'm not going to talk about it. One day you will see it. Try, you know, I'm going to try to start a cult where people start to track these things down because it was just outrageously buy it, Buy it for your iPod. Yeah, you can try, see if you can buy it for your iPod. Yeah, uh, strain your eyes. This is, uh, this is from t- uh, no, The Age a couple of days ago. Yep. It's open season on AFL television rights. This, this AFL TV thing is just getting completely out of hand. It's, Channel 7 it's Channel open 10. season or we've just entered into the, the AFL shooting season? I think it's <laughs> AFL shooting season. Uh, but no doubt Laurie Lawrence is going to so be the, out there So the contract is off with uh, Fox and Channel 10 and Channel 9? 
Yes, yeah. it runs out at the end of two thousand and six, I believe. Okay. And so and so they're all they're all bidding for it. Channel Seven, Channel Ten have gotten together. Yep, and uh, the AFL have said to them, uh, rather than the fifty-seven million that they're getting at the moment for television rights from nine and ten, they want a hundred and thirty million mm-hmm. from seven and ten. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's speculative fifty percent mark. Sorry, two hundred and fifty percent markup. Mm-hmm. They want it. If, okay. And if they want it, let the AFL try to try to get as much for it as possible. That's that's what I say. And there's also speculation that uh, Channel Nine and Foxtel have unofficially put an offer of 120 million dollars a year. Well, I guess with that much cash hole going into it, uh, football's the winner here today. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, hopefully that's just going to make for better games. Daryl um, Summers, uh, sorry, can I jump in there? Yes, very much. <laughs> um, I, after my, my brush with uh, Dancing with the Stars earlier in the year, I've managed to avoid it since then. But uh, Daryl Summers' album CD is on store shelves and he's plugging it mercilessly on, uh, on the show itself. Um, <laughs> something so The word that I've heard is that uh, he actually only got the deal because Sony wanted the DVD rights to Hey Hey It's Saturday. Oh, interesting. So oh. badly. Well, I, I kind of have an interesting sidebar to that. Um, channel, I, I'll get to this in new shows, but uh, 7.30 on Channel 9, they're showing Hey Hey by Request, mm-hmm. which is also a DVD, I think we mentioned earlier, that's coming out for Christmas. So aren't we all happy about that? Stocking filler. Yeah, I just can't wait. Uh, could this be Daryl being offered, lead to Daryl being offered his own Saturday Night Variety show next year? You heard it here first. You, but on Channel 9 or on Channel 7? Uh, yep. Right. <laughs> um, I, don't think, I don't think he'd go back to 9. I think there's too much bad blood. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, I... I um, yeah. But I, that you think he'd do it for whatever money he was given? Yep. Yeah, fair Hot enough. Tip. And I... Yep, you heard it here first. And if we're wrong, it's our usual... <laughs> our usual standard of information. But if we're right, damn it, <laughs> we'll be right. Speaking of uh, people that we know getting new shows, Angela Bishop has scored a new weekend show on Sydney's Radio 2GB. Um, does does anybody do any of us know Angela Bishop? She's the uh, celebrity. Surely you know Angela Bishop. I know Go who ahead, she is. Who, uh, <laughs> I know who she is, but I don't have her phone number. And <laughs> oh, oh, you, you're hoping to actually speak to her personally? No, uh, no. I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure there's going to be enough space uh, on the floor in the studio up there to uh, to accommodate all the names that she's going to be dropping uh, once, she, <laughs> she, once she gets on air. Um, but but. I'm actually hoping that it takes up a lot of her time and that it means that we don't have to put up with her on our TV screens. How is she going to fit that in with all the junkets that she goes on? (laughs) I don't know. Who cares? (laughs) As long as we don't have to put up with her anymore. Hopes for uh, the first Indigenous drama series. Oh. uh, ABC? To air on commercial TV. What? No. Commercial TV? (laughs) Channel 9. Our... uh, uh, talking about a, a new drama series called Double Trouble, which is a, a children's drama series uh, about two Aboriginal kids and uh, uh, two Aboriginal twins, actually. And it's, it's the first Arro- Aboriginal drama series to screen on a commercial network. Hmm. Deb Mailman in there at all? Uh, not, not mentioned. Not mentioned. But what I want to know is, why is this news now? I mean, surely it should have been news 20 years ago. Mm. Why is it only happening now? Because now is the time and we should be over it already. 
it shouldn't be anything special mm-hmm. anymore. That's, that's true, but uh, the fact that um, the Alice had, I think, one or two Indigenous characters got uh, huge write-ups. And, I mean, that was set in the outback. And But Breakers had uh, an Indigenous character and it was never mentioned. Well, I mean, yeah. Surely that's the way it should be. Which is, you know, that's that's the way it should be. That's that's what I believe. Yeah, very much so. Um, just quickly, Neighbours has a big bomb going off. Uh, it's quite controversial. Bomb going off on a plane uh, with about, I think, 10 to 15 of the main characters on the plane. Uh, some survive, some don't. Now, I've heard say bye-bye to... Can I give a spoiler? No, spoiler don't. Spoiler alert. Don't you dare. Spoiler alert. Don't you dare. Maybe it may. Was- Maybe hint. <laughs> yeah, just just hint. It's it's openly well. I don't know any of the characters, but but it's a family name that's been associated for a long time. Oh, oh really? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. See, I, I I would have figured the guy who's just been in it recently who has cancer was a fair bit to go. But wouldn't he go from cancer rather than a bomb on a plane? I just think it's a good way to get rid of him. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Rather than, let's face it, they don't want to drag it out with cancer. Oh, cancer's such a boring death on television. Just, just Sick, Sickness baldness isn't sexy. No. <laughs> um, just quickly, have you guys been watching anything in the 10.30 time slot? Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty much the only time I watch TV. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about your aliases, your apprentices, your shields, that sort of thing. Yes. A uh, very interesting thing, I'm, I'm coining it, catch-up TV is going on uh, on just about every network. Uh, the shows on at 10.30 generally start late. Yet by the time they finish, they run early, mm-hmm. and we're getting one, maybe two ads every ad break. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, and that's you know what that's working really well, especially for the winner there for the mm-hmm. Shield. Uh, the Shield is uh, is running without ads at all on Fox Eight. Really, and that's just superb. Mm. It's so nice watching it without ads. So then you know the one or two ads is is fine you really just want to know what's happening on that show it is interesting yeah just in that way though too that it's a, there's an across the board thing it's not just channel 10 with the shield it, 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 it channel is 9 are channel doing it with 9. the apprentice but surely that's just got to mean that they're not able to sell advertising space there or they or they can charge if, more for it because it's a particular it's a particular okay. audience yep hmm. i mean and this is this actually brings me to to my last news item as well uh last night's ratings from melbourne mm-hmm uh, Comedy Inc. The Late Shift, which was a repeat. What really beat The Shield by oh. thirty eight thousand viewers? Now, I don't think I've talked enough about The Shield on this show because <laughs> clearly that's that's what's happening. The Shield is the best drama on television at the moment. You absolutely must watch it ten thirty Wednesday nights. On Channel 10 at the end of this season, we will be caught up with the US. And you can really Does drop that mean into... then, though, that we won't see it all of next year and then we'll probably catch probably, up? Probably, probably. I don't know. I think, I, think, I think Channel 10 are, are, are happy with the way it's been performing. Even though it's, it's coming last, the viewers are very, very, very loyal to it. That's passionate. three varies. And, uh, you know, I'm passionate about it. I yep. love it. I, I watch it twice a week now. I watch it. Once from Series 1 and now it's Series 4. And it is Channel 10, which do tend to operate for niche markets a little more than the other yeah. than the other networks. Speaking of catch-up, uh, which I mentioned on the blog, Channel 7 is showing Scrubs at 11 o'clock uh, each morning, showing two episodes back-to-back, 11 till 12. Yep. Now, if you have a look at, if you have a look at the blog and, and click on that uh, Scrubs uh, article, I've done some research, I've crunched some numbers, and I've worked some stuff out. 
So uh, there are 57 episodes of Scrubs that Channel 7 have shown or, you know, have shown up until. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, uh, there's some that they haven't shown. So hopefully what they're going to do is take it through and then bang it on at maybe 8.30. <laughs> Plus. Yeah, right. Uh, no, interesting. It is on. It is coming on. It's coming on after Arrested Development. And when's Sorry, Arrested Development? Uh, yeah, Arrested Development's on at 11 o'clock, I think, Tuesdays. Oh, Tuesday 11.15. 11.15. Yeah. And, um, yeah, brand new Scrubs following it. So... Has that started already? That's starting this Tuesday. This Tuesday. This Tuesday. All right, keep your eye out for that. So it'll, I imagine it'll probably go until the arrest of, uh, Arrested Development's first season, which is another four episodes, and yes. then we'll lose them both. Great. <laughs> it's, I love that about Channel 7. You get, you get four episodes and then go yeah. on. I, I, I liked it too when they were showing uh, Futurama, which I loved. Uh, you know, they'd miss an episode every now and then to show, you know, uh, inside the Playboy Bunny Mansion or yes. something, something important Twice. like that. Uh, but then the episode that they skipped, they would then just miss. Mm. It was like in some parallel universe it played, so they figured, well, we don't have to show that episode. And so there are episodes that they and, never actually screened. And what we've since discovered is that sometimes that does actually happen in some states. Those yes. shows do air. I mean, we found that out with Arrested Development. That's true. Uh, That's true. Episodes didn't air in Victoria but did air in other states, and so Victoria mm. just had to, had to play catch-up. And Tough that titties. is not yet Finally. the news. Uh, uh, have you guys been uh, keeping up with Australian Idol? Not at all. <laughs> God, no. Uh, that's interesting because uh, you're not alone. Australian Idol's audience has dropped dramatically uh, with this latest series. Uh, I think it's. I think I read something about it being down 30% on wow. what it has with the previous seasons. Um, so I'm saying that Sony BMG are getting a little alarmed with who they're going to be stuck with at uh, the end of the series. Uh, and that they're a little annoyed about the voting system that's dumped some of the best singers out of the lot. Right. Mm. See, what what I love about that is that 30% of the audience have finally cottoned on, sitting there watching it, and suddenly they just go, hang on a second, this is shit. Mm. Yep, exactly. And then they switch it off. To paraphrase, I think, um, Dame Edna Everidge, she was actually talking about uh, the X Factor at the time, but saying... (laughs) Never has so much airtime been given to so many with such little talent. <laughs> and that is the box cutters news. I think I see Marie Cardi uh, out in the green room. Oh, well, let's bring her in. Okay, Fantastic. we'll do that. Come on. Welcome back to box cutters. In episode one of box cutters, I said that we were going to try to get a guest in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, we've tried and we've tried and we've tried. And then I gave up and I said, I don't care. Get me one of two guests. Either get me the little girl from the Henderson Kids 2 or get me the woman who created Last Man Standing. We've got both. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't tell if that means I'm a last ditch guest or, a, or an aim high guest. No, no, really. On the first episode, Marie Hardy, firstly, welcome to oh, Box hello. Cutters. Thank you Hi. very much for having me. Uh, th- on the first episode, we've just gone... Last Man Standing, what's going on? We need to get Marie in. And then, uh, and then you ran away. Oh, yeah, was, yeah. I took a couple of months yeah, off. Which is fair enough, too. Yeah. And, uh, and so finally, we get to have you in. It had been three years, really, from the start to when it finally came on air. So I just I was so buggered. I really needed to have a break. So can we, can we go through the process? Please. Firstly, all right. So uh, you, you, your parents are producers of television shows. Mm-hmm. 
and you audition for the Henderson kids too. Yes. And then you say, I've got this great idea for a show <laughs> about... Just like That's that. pretty about much how it happened. It's like you were there. It's like you were there. No, th- I mean, you've done heaps of stuff in between. Well, I mean, I've, I grew up in the industry, obviously, but I aspired to be an actor as a kid, which is where Henderson kid. And my parents were actually stage actors when I was born, so they were hoofers as well. So it was really... We've had very similar paths. But the t- they were producing and writing um, when I was saying I wanted to be an actor, and they were horrified that I wanted to act, just like I think they'd seen the pitfalls of it and, and what it felt like to be an out-of-work actor and... Mm. But um, were very supportive of their precocious show-off daughter. Um, and then I think I was about 17 or so when I realised I was a better writer than I was an actor and slowly started to give up acting and start writing. I think even though mum and dad had made careers out of it, it was still very confusing to read. Oh, like I found it difficult to read. I thought, oh, you can actually make a living out of writing t- for TV. Can you? Cause yes, you can. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I went to the uh, RMIT screenwriting course. As did I. And as did Ross. That's, that's where we met. And uh, <laughs> I don't know anyone who's making a living out of well, writing. Well, I think you can, but I mean, maybe the, the days are numbered. I mean, the less drama there is, the less jobs there are for writers. I, mean, I, I found there was a stable of about like 40 or 50 writers and you just see familiar names on all the shows. Like I did Blue Heels, I did quite a few Always Greeners, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you just see all these really familiar names. Some people that I still have never met, but you just see the list of writers for the show and realise, oh, there's Everett DeRoach or there's, you know. And, um, Tim Pike or, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jude Calhoun, you know, th- thanks for coming up. Yeah, the same, the same sort of, um, the same people. But, I mean, there's, there's, when there's no homegrown drama, you know, I think might be less chance of making a living. And that's, that's the issue at hand, really. I mean, Last Man Standing... When it started, the letters that came to the Grand Guide were just, you know, so full of support and everyone was so excited about this brand new show and at last, his, here was a show about men that women really enjoyed and, you know, what a rarity on, on Australian television. What happened? I mean, you, you know, you, you're, on, you're on the bad end of it, so feel free to... <laughs> Bitch and scream <laughs> as much as you want. Well, I mean, I have no idea. I think, like, I went into it the same as as any any you know Joe Blow from Croydon says when they move my favourite shows around. I don't know how to follow them. I mean, yeah. I mm-hmm. wish. I mean, people that write into the Green Guide and to you know Fidgen and all that kind of stuff aren't people who work in the industry. They say, you know what, the network should stick with something. They should support something. They've got the same opinions as everyone in the industry, which is. Just put your weight behind it. Just leave it. Just let it settle. And I always greener. And I think always greener lasted two or three years and was rating really like 1.5, 1.6 when it was pulled, which would just wouldn't happen these days. But I remember they kept going. The audience will follow. You know, they'll all move from Sunday to Tuesday, and people mm. didn't follow. And then it started dying a death. And so I remember the makers of that were just devastated and furious that the network had started moving around with it, and it. And it died. So, I mean, I don't know what happened. I I think that it was never going to be, in my mind, it was never going to be the Desperate Housewives of Australia. I never saw it as a really big, smashy rating show. And I saw it as a character-driven, funny drama Mm. that hopefully enough people with taste would like. Um, But I think when it didn't instantly perform the big numbers, yeah, they, they freaked out. And I think they showed that they were freaking out. And then once the... Once the general public sees that a network is freaking out, there's doubt cast over a project. I think my main thing that I realized, that I learned during Last Man Standing is we rated the same as the OC. 
exactly the same and you would never know that because Channel 10 publicity is so great at going sexy dra- OC sexy sexy hot yeah. hot I mean I I didn't even know like I'd read NW and go wow the OC that must be a smash and I mean we Secret Life didn't hit a million till ep 16 Secret Life never once won its time slot but Channel 10 is this great youth you know well we've got the we've got the demographics so it's a big smash and so people would are told that Secret Life is a success and so it is a success, whereas there was a whiff of, oh, bugger, Last Man Standing isn't doing very well, and Channel 7 just went, you know. Well, talking about Channel 10, uh, given, given that uh, it hasn't been renewed, Last Man Standing hasn't been renewed by Channel 7 for a second series, is there any avenue to actually go and speak to Channel 10? Because uh, they've got, they've got a, a precedent of, of taking on a number of programs that, that other stations they, have They dropped. love stealing shit from Channel 7. <laughs> well, it worked Rove, for Rove. Neighbours. Rove was from 9, nine. Wasn't it? Yeah. Neighbours was from yeah, 7. Yeah. I think even the OC had started, even though they that, weren't that the same as us. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so a they country do. practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five um, years. Well, I mean, we're, I mean, we're looking at... And Seinfeld. Seinfeld was, was on 9. Really? And, yep. then, and then moved to 10, yeah. American yeah, no. Rosso. Well, you know, shh. <laughs> <laughs> is that rating the B team? Is it is it rating at all? I've seen a couple of letters painting so. it. But yeah, I don't know. it's uh, it's. And it's the surgeon, I mean, the surgeon didn't do as well as they'd hoped. As well, the new that's Channel Ten that's yeah, isn't it? yeah. That's you know that's really putting it up against the wrong shows though. Yeah, well, I think that there was that horrible uh, tradition in in Australian. Uh, in the Australian industry as well as thing, we'll put it up against. Didn't they put it up against RPA? Is that yes, the name of, which has got a really loyal following. Yeah, let's put it up and against when, the most successful show well, on yeah. at that time slot. Yeah, and, and but you know, I think when I mean, I think it was what came out: Martial Law, White Lions, is that what it was called? And MDA, Young, 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 Lions. Young Lions. Sorry, yeah, all came out at the same time, and they put them all up against each other. It was this real kind of whose dick is the biggest amongst the networks. Instead of going, it's Australian drama. There's not much of it let's try and put it somewhere where it might work. It was really like, oh, let's put them all... And they all, you know, MDA is still going, but just, I think, so... I think, I think it's been cut from every, the end oh, of the series, hasn't it? Every oh, week it? it's being cut, Yeah, I think. Well, as, you know, but having, having been rest. rested for yeah. a year. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, I mean, as I mentioned in a, in a previous episode, uh, the Stingers people were, were told that it may come back. Uh, it might just have a year off and then... And, and Ross said in that episode... Why are Stingers being told anything about MDA? <laughs> it worked better at the time. Yeah, no, yes. very badly retold. Um, I'm sorry. I'll just I'll leave now. I don't think anyone ever really believes that after that the program might get a rest for you. I mean, actors need to go off and get other work. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And and that was an issue with uh, with MDA. Carrie Armstrong wasn't it? Uh, couldn't come back because she'd committed to something else. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but then they, yeah. so they got a lot of guest stars. So do you think there's an avenue to get it back up? Um, well, at the moment, I think th- there was part of me that just thought, I mean, because I wrote so many of the episodes, I thought, oh, thank God, it's my second series. I was exhausted by the idea of it. But we actually did some uh, storylining for a second series before before we finished up, and we have all the stories. We have, bi- like, I'm, I've written a Bible for another series. So mm-hmm. I guess um, our EP is always talking to people. I don't know what the deal is with the contract with Channel 7 or how long we're under contract from, with them or... What, was it on the shelf for two years or something? Did I hear? It was. No, I don't think it was on for that long. I think we obviously we shot the pilot and made some changes. The most major one being is that we recast Zoe. There was a different actress playing Zoe in the pilot, and um, there and then sort of rewrote half, reshot half of it, and so I think that put us back. And then I think they were trying to find stuff to put us with, and I think we knew we were going to have the Desperate Housewives slot, but or the slot after Desperate Housewives and. 
but they were trying to time the run. I, you know, it's it's programming. That it's a completely, it's a strange beast. It's impossible to understand. It was a um, co-production with New Zealand, wasn't it? TVNZ, and, yeah. and it uh, screened over there first, yeah. and, and rated quite well. I think, yeah, it did. It, it did. Yeah. It did well over there as well, which was yeah. good. For so us. if uh, if you did a second series, do you think there's any chance they'd jump on board again? Um, I. I I, I guess so. I th- um, depends how happy they were. I think there was, from what I know, there was originally a stoush with, um, I'm not sure if it was TVNZ or just someone over there saying, we've put invested into this great local product, this great New Zealand product. And we've, I mean, it's an Australian show with a Kiwi actress in it who goes back to New Zealand for three episodes. I mean, it's not a, it's not yeah. a New Zealand show. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's no New Zealand culture. And I think that in the New Zealand industry, there was a bit of a, well, wait a minute, this, this isn't... So I think um, if they were able to promote it as, as less of a co-production or less of a, a, a local product and more of an Australian drama with a, with a Kiwi actress in it. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you have any Maori bounces at the launch? To what token uh, Maori bounces? Yeah, yeah, at, at, at the launch of... Uh, Which launch? I don't know. Did you launch the show? <laughs> See, uh, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do is work out maybe what, if you Ways had a launch. Get, well, there was actually the Bruno, the guy that plays Bruno's housemate, Chich, who's Jesse Griffin, Griffin, is that his last name? Um, who's in the Four Knowles and who's so funny. Mm. But that character was never written as a Kiwi. He just was the best guy and he was a Kiwi. So that was kind of... We said, look, there's another one. They're, they're, <laughs> they're everywhere. <laughs> Pushed it over the line. Uh, so, I still can't work out. Are you, are you over it, or are you trying to? Are you going to try to resurrect it? Are you? Oh, well, are, we'll are you always going, try and resurrect. Yeah. I mean, I just don't want to be pushing shit uphill. I suppose if that's the if I'm allowed to say shit or pushing. Uh, you're you're, allowed, you're allowed to say you're allowed to say shit and pushing. Oh, okay, thank God. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to spend the next year flogging a dead horse and trying to trying to get this thing going when it's dead in the water, but. Like I said, there's a whole Bible full of stories. Yeah. I mean, the the public response for me has been the the one that's really overwhelming. Like I've been at a friend's wedding and had these three fifty year old women descend on me, shrieking about the boys. Like really, <laughs> really sort of varying ages and varying groups of people and stuff like that. And that's where I think if they had left it alone, I would have been really interested to see the following that it that it did get. Because to me, it seemed just from word of mouth, it's a really diverse range of audience. It wasn't just sort of 18 to 34. Well, that having been said, do you think that they um, – were you happy with the way Channel 7 marketed it? Um, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, we had th- this was another thing that I learned doing this is that you really have nothing to do with the publicity. You really give yep. it to them. Yep. They say your job is to, make, is to make the show, our job is to sell it. And I know that every every producer has a problem with – that's the that's – the, that's the, that's the cliffhanger, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the giveaway for the next episode. Please don't show that that man dies. And again, you get that. Your job is to make the show. Our job is to sell it. So you really have no say, which is quite frustrating at first. I found that really difficult. Yeah. Um, and then you just have to let them go. I think my my initial problem was that they were trying to sell it as sexy, steamy, sex, sex. And I thought there's hardly any sex in it. Yeah. I, like or, I didn't write it steam. ever. And there's no steam. There's absolutely no steam. <laughs> I think uh, the phrase "male sex in the city." Was yeah, which up many I think times. was misleading. Yeah, and I think yeah. that I think it was a. Really point of reference for us to say to the like uh, it's nothing like Sex and the City Sex and the City was a sitcom it's half an hour very slick kind of one liner one liner I've got something funny to say so have I really tight you know um, and, and again like a comedy whereas I just thought this was the, the drama was drama first and foremost and then with moments of humour in it mm. and I think it was it was a it was a selling point for them but a misleading one and then everyone picked up on the sex and went racy, racy new drama, whereas I, th- I just don't think there's anything racy in it at all, yeah. really. They, they did the same thing with martial law, though. Yeah. Martial yeah. law, you know, 
I was the only person in Melbourne who thought that was a really entertaining show. Well, no, well, people were so appalled by their Lisa being a bit slutty. I think that the, the, the majority of audiences couldn't handle Lisa McCune but, saying cock you know, and stuff like that. Hooray, let her act. For oh, God's oh, look, sake, I let agree, her act. But, and um, it was a really good show, but Channel 7 didn't know how to sell it no. again. And this is something that we're seeing time and time again. I mean, Always Green, it's sure that was a mistake because they were trying to do something that was already done. But I also remember being at the Home and Away offices and they were getting ready for an episode where uh, it was going to cross straight into the third season of Always Greener. Always Greener was going to come back and there was going to be a Home and Away Always Greener crossover. And uh, then last minute Channel 7 just went, nah, it's not coming back. And they had to... Yeah, it really was last the minute. There were actors just wait. I remember them waiting for ages. I think I can't remember. I know I started a martial law script before it got canned. Mm. So there were a couple of cases where they just keep the scripts going because I think, do we have a, you know, we better keep the scripts going in case they say yes. So all these writers get to hide for jobs, and we're all part way through. I'm sure I had something going on always greener when it when it went as well. So yeah, it's terrible. They were they were. Absolutely devastating. And they're, and they're doing the same thing with Blue Healers at the moment, where yeah, well, Blue are, Healers know that they've got to make 10 more episodes well, at least. Well, that's where they would have been scripted up to. So it's not really... I know when they said there was that big hoo-ha in the Herald Sun going, not, not our healers, mm. and then they said, it's all right, it's been renewed, but it is really renewed to the point that they were already going to make it up to anyway. So being... I mean, I thought... Out of all the, the Channel 7 shows over the years, Always Green is one that, that I would watch, like, or would have watched. I've loved, I mean, I had a lot of fun writing it, and with all the fantasy stuff, it was really fun to write. But, I mean, I love John Howard as well, which is probably the only time you'll ever hear me say that. Um, <laughs> I, I think no. I think he's wonderful. He was wonderful to write for, and I just think, I just like watching and him. And he's, so. you know, he's really, you know, d- done the, the phoenix for... Uh, for All Saints as well. Yeah, he's pulled that out of the crowd. He absolutely takes his scripts and does whatever the frig he wants with them, which is where everyone else is is very... But, I mean, he's just so wonderful. You you don't mind so much. Oh, good one. Yeah. Good one. Well, Marie, thank you so much for coming into Box Cutters. And uh, are are you working on something else as well? Is there there going to be another chance for us to to see your name oh yeah up well on the, the good thing i mean i've got my beloved script editor editor kirsty fisher who was my editor on last man standing and we're just sort of very tight tight team um we've got a kid show and an adult show to develop in two features so we're just oh, trying to stay together and you know we're just sort of now whatever catches catches and it's hard not to feel a little bit burnt by what happened at last man standing i just think the way you know the way it was handled and when it, you, your hands are tired so you just get to stand on the sidelines and be frustrated but it's just i think every producer and every creative person goes through that experience so it's not gonna stop me well excellent you, you know what i would be so much more bitter so you know good one so we'll have you back in when uh when one of those other things gets up great fantastic thanks for coming in we'll be back on box cutters with some more are you one of those that follows follows the get me a jury and show me how you can say in july go down on you I don't, there's so much I don't buy. There's mm-hmm. so much. What I do buy is Marie Cardi. How fantastic was she? She's fantastic. fantastic. What we didn't mention, so. though, uh, and, and maybe we should speak to her later on, is some of her children's work. Um, she's got a book out, did you know, called I... Shortcuts. And uh, she's an Augie Award-winning writer wow. uh, because Shortcuts was turned into a children's television series. Far too impressive. Hmm. 
Fatu, you know what? I do buy that. Oh, mm. definitely buy that. I don't buy what I'd Ross buy is. Two of them. I don't buy what Ross is about to talk about. I don't buy it either. I'm angry this week, gentlemen. Uh, You're angry. I'm angry this I week. Accusing? Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, an ad that's been circulating quite a lot of late, which I'm sure most of our uh, listeners are familiar with. Hang on, we're not talking about work choices again. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad from last week. We're doing it again. <laughs> no, uh, not doing it. Um, this ad starts with a close-up of a, a business-shirted man walking through an office. Sorrowful music drifts in through the background. Ink pulls in his pocket as a tired and resigned voice says... Why do pens always leak in your pocket? Cut to a young parents and a distressed child in a car park, and we're asked to consider why the parks are always so far away from the lifts. And then the voice fills with even more emotion, and uh, as a man in his PJs appears in a convenience store, and the voice asks us to, to consider why the milk is always at the back of stores. <laughs> And this, this is followed by... Um, it's because uh, life's not fair. Well, <laughs> we're getting to it. It's not fair. The voice uh, he sounds like it's about to cry. And uh, as it pleads, would someone please... You note know, the, the, the passion in the voice. Mm. And would somebody please, please tell me why shopping trolleys have a mind of their own? <laughs> is, is this an ad for a new, better shopping trolley? Suddenly, everything's a little happier. At least at the Commonwealth Bank, they have convenience with more branches, more ATMs, more people. Are oh. you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this, this, this is the kind of advertising that makes me angry. This is the kind of advertising that makes me just hurl abuse at the screen and drives my, uh, uh, my wife bananas because I, just, I yell at the TV for five or ten minutes. Why? That's fantastic. I did. <laughs> I mean, the banks do so much for us anyway, and, and you know... It's, well, it's, well the, basic, the basic plot of these ads... I can't believe that they, they, they have the resources to be able to <laughs> offer us such wide and varied selections of choice when it comes to doing our banking. I don't think they charge us enough. The, the basic, the basic uh, plot of the ad seems to be, or text subtext of the ad seems to be, life is full of these little trials and tortures, but at least at the banks you get good service. Now, I think in advertising, something's Wait gone... Is this an Australian ad? It is an Australian what? ad. No. <laughs> You're talking about the banking industry here. Well, I think the uh, advertising people have kind of... Um, they've replaced the old adage, the customer is always right, with the customer is always stupid. <laughs> they, they must be. Well, well, if they're swallowing the work choices ads, then <laughs> yep. Um, then Commonwealth Bank seem to be following the politicians' theory that if you say the same lie enough times, uh, eventually people will believe it. Uh, a satisfied bank customer, in my opinion, is an oxymoron. Uh, we all know that the banks just give absolutely shit service, and um, they're trying to they're trying to sell us this kind of crap. Um, I, I don't know about you guys. I've never had a pen leak in my hands. I can drive shopping trolleys. And I've never been outraged about the position of milk in any stores. <laughs> but I will, take, I will take all of those little torches and more and more for a decent service at the bank. <laughs> and I think a lot of other people will too. How about, how about this? How about not charging me $5 a month just to have an account? That would be convenient. Or how about... Uh, 
How about every time they whack me with a new fee, not sending me a letter saying, this is per your request? (laughs) (laughs) That would be convenient too. Or how about being open hours other than work hours so that people with jobs could actually go to the bank? In fact, before work hours, four o'clock, Monday to Thursday. Exactly. Convenient as well. Or um, how about having more staff on during the lunch hour break rather than less? When all their staff go to lunch, so when it's busiest at the bank, they've only got one person serving. Do you want me to keep going? I can keep going with it. We could fill the rest of the show. How about um, how about no more hidden fees? Like just the fee for stepping into the bank. I'm, um, I'm going to stop it there, but I, I will say this. Hang on, this is, we also have to point out to, uh, to listeners who might not be familiar with this particular brand of banking... Uh, this is the the bank that has recently introduced fees for transferring money from one of your accounts to another one, one of your accounts online. Exactly, exactly. There <laughs> that's, is, there that's is, convenient. They have yep. to pay the little little men that that live in the server at the at the web place to to actually go in and and you know with their pencils behind their ears and do all the accounting stuff that they have to do. Yep. They're also, they're also wearing green visors. Yes. Green visors. Yes. They've got uh, carpet fees for standing on the carpet, <laughs> and they've got door fees because the doors open automatically. Um, look, I, I can take shit service from the bank. You know, I can take the fact that, you know, they make a $4 billion profit. Mm. And that's, that's not, you're not even saying that with hyperbole. No. They do actually make $4 billion in they profit. Did. They in did. fact, they're, they're disappointed that it's only $4 billion. And I can, and I can handle the fact that every decision they make is for the shareholders and not for the customer. I can handle all of that. But don't fucking tell me <laughs> that you're providing me with a good service. Don't have these ads <laughs> saying, oh, we fucking wonderful, when they're just that shit. I don't buy it, and I'm guessing that a lot of other people don't buy it too. I was just... On the floor during that segment, <laughs> and I haven't prepared uh, I, what I need for, for this segment. We're, this we're is a new segment. It's a, a brand new segment. It's a brand new segment. Brand we'll new have to segment. get a special introduction for it. Well, you know, it's, it's taken a like while. Like we do for all the other like segments. Like we do for all the other segments. It's taken me a while to, uh, uh, to find a, a, a couple of letters that have come into Hooray at boxcutters.net mm-hmm. uh, that, that I've gone, yes, we need to answer these on air. A lot of the times we just answer them on the blog. That's fair enough. Uh, this is uh, this is an email from Chad, who uh, has emailed quite, quite us a bit, emailed us quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, although he's been quiet for the past few weeks, I don't know what's going on. Chad, are you there? He won the. Uh, has he been quiet ever since he won the? He has been quiet ever since he won the quiz. Wow, mm. it's, not a, it's not a bad thing, Chad. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing, but he's he's sent us a a question. All right, this is what he said. This was. Uh, from episode three, so uh, when he says two weeks ago, just think six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, six weeks ago in the Green Guide, what Ross Wanecki mentioned his attempt to get a show up and running. I've always wondered, one, how you became a TV critic, and indeed, two, why TV critics who think they know better don't just get up and do it themselves? Which mm. is, you know, a, a really good question. It Thanks, is. Chad. It is. And, uh, and he also wants to know uh, if we've ever tried to get our own shows up and running and uh, if so, how did they go and why and, uh, you know, all the questions that, that come with that. I think the, the idea between criticism and actually doing something, uh, 
I don't think that you need to have produced something in that field to be able to criticise it mm-hmm. uh, in the same way that film reviewers don't need to have made films in order to be good film reviewers. Music reviewers don't need to have made Find music to, to be good, good music reviewers. It's about, A, being able to uh, know what sounds good, what looks good, what feels good. What is good. And, and being able to, to talk about it accurately and interestingly and just being able to, to describe it without Ross Wanecki giving away what happens <laughs> in a particular episode. Uh, but also just you know talking about the, the state of play surrounding everything else. So when we talk about television, we're talking about things that are happening in television as a whole and then refer them to, uh, to, to what's happening in the shows that we're talking about. That is the way I've always seen criticism. Mm. Uh, but, you know, Ross, you're, you're fairly new to it. Yes, I am. Uh, I am. You know, what gives you the bloody right to, <laughs> to, to review? I mean, this is, oh, this well, is the thing. You know, what's, yeah. what's to stop just a television watcher? Well, I don't know, because that's an interesting point, because I was going to say that um, uh, a reviewer has some sort of breadth of knowledge and interest in what they're, rebu- uh, what they're reviewing above and beyond the normal and isn't just uh, some guy sitting at home going oh i could do that because i think if if you have uh you know anybody who uh, everybody thinks they can write basically i think and so when people see films or tv shows they think oh i could do that i could write a better script than that and i think that probably goes double for reviewing i think everybody thinks oh i've got an opinion i could do that and it's i mean it's happening now with blogging we're yes, seeing it a lot much. with blogging mm. and people are posting their their opinions up but there's a lot more to reviewing than just having an opinion Mm. Or, you know, am I, you know, wanking myself off too much on this? Mm. On this? <laughs> you know, on this topic. But, interesting, but interestingly, Filthy the, the first point that the first question he makes, how does one become a television reviewer? I mean, I was lucky enough to fall into doing this show. But before that, I've been asking myself the same question a lot. How does, how does one get into this? I mean, my dream job would be writing for the Green Guide. Well, this is, you know, it's, it's always been my dream job. Mm. I've never been paid for it, mm. but I've been doing it for about 10 years now. And mm. the way I did it was just to, uh, I, I started writing reviews for, uh, for the university newspaper. And from there I went to Street Press and uh, then I started writing a, a regular column for, for Street Press. Uh, that's how I did it. And, you know, but before that... Well, I think I had I had twenty five years of of watching television, and I, I think I think the first and most important step is that you have to think, and so much of the the television audience in Australia, judging by what they'll swallow, just don't do that. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. I mean, going back to the you were talking about the Shield and why that's rating less than a repeat of Comedy Inc. Yes, I think for that exact reason, you know, what's easy to watch. Well, I mean, personally speaking, I would find anything easier to watch than Australian sketch comedy. But if you're uh, for for the normal, you know, everyday viewer out there, what are you going to watch? Are you going to watch a tough, gritty cop drama that, I mean, let's face it, isn't as accessible as your CSIs or your whatever else is on? Or are you going to watch just a, a sketch comedy show, which the sketches are so short that you don't actually notice that there are no jokes? And the other thing as well is uh, something that, uh, again, uh, in a conversation with Jim Shembury came up, where people come up to us, and, you know, I've been a film reviewer as well, and, and 
people say, oh, what a great job, you just get to watch films all the time. What they don't realise is that you also have to sit through the shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, I did have to watch Australian Princess this week, <laughs> for example. <laughs> Suffering for your art. I, I did have to sit through a, another episode of Filthy Rich Cattle Drive, which in Australia I found out is called Rich Kids Cattle Drive. Oh, I don't know okay. why that's different, but that's what it's called. You do have to sit through everything and anything. It's You can't just watch stuff that you like. Uh, the The advantage is you get to watch everything that you like, but you also have to watch other stuff mm. uh, but just do it just give it a go start it on a blog practice yep that's what i say chad give it a go the other question comes from uh daniel who sure he's my brother <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't send this just to me he sent it to hooray at boxcutters.net oh, fantastic he did uh he said uh hello boxcutters love the show thanks <laughs> thanks uh, long time listener Well as long as anyone First time emailer Because <laughs> that's my brother And he's funny mm. So what's up with this show And then he has a link To The Ronnie Johns show Oh my god I was have wondering you... I was wondering oh, We almost touched on it last week But we ran out of time Yeah Who are these people And why are they on my telly <laughs> Is mm. his question Who are these people Well Ross, have you seen the Ronnie Johns show? I have seen bits of it, but I, I'm very interested to hear the answer because I want to know who they are too. And there's been no, really, no publicity for this from Channel Ten. No, Con- considering considering the amount of publicity they were throwing at American B- Rosso's B team, and this show is straight after it. Yes. So, so who are they? It's produced by Crackerjack, but the group who's who's doing the, the show is uh, called the Third Degree. Okay. And they had a show at. Uh, this year's Melbourne Comedy Festival called Eskimos with Polaroids. Right. They're a Sydney comedy troupe and uh, they've been working on sketches on the net for a while and uh, and have gotten together with Crackerjack to produce this show. Now, I've uh, I've had a look on the web and, and seen some, uh, some viewer reviews of the show and people really like it. Mm-hmm. Really? People think it's really funny. Well, it's basically, from what I've seen of it, it is just Australian sketch comedy, which yes. people seem to think we do so well, uh, but just done in a crude fashion. It's just crude sketch comedy. And that's, crude, that's what I've heard as well. in, like, casting or crude no, as in no, low crude, production values? No, 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 crude as in just rude, just kind of, uh, uh, you know, the jokes are, you know, just sexual innuendo and toilet humour and all Fart that kind jokes. of thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's... You know, and there's a lot of that, mm. but people are finding it funny. Really? I think I think people are finding it funnier than American Rosso. Oh, okay. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. But that's that's who they are. They're the third degree. Okay. Okay. Uh, interestingly, the one of the few sketches I have seen that they did it. Uh, I mean, I didn't like it particularly at all. But the basic plot of it was that uh, you know it was a kids' puppet show, and you know the typical you know puppet with the guy under the desk. And it's a woman presenter, and the guy under the desk then starts to stimulate her sexually, and that's the whole joke. And she tries to continue with the show. Interestingly, uh, I saw what I would consider to be the exact same sketch uh, on the Channel Seven Ten Years of Laughter and Legends. <laughs> really? Exact same sketch from fast forward ten years ago, uh, like almost almost identical. Sorry, I thought you were talking about aggro. No. <laughs> No, although Agro was was covered. No, this was yeah. Fast forward, did similar sketch. Right. So yeah, I I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a particular fan, but some people are liking it. I say 
we let it sit and see what happens. It looks if it lasts more than two weeks, it's already it's Australian done. comedy gold. It's the classic. Yeah, it's it's already done better than what was that Channel Seven show from earlier in the year? Uh, let loose live. Let loose live. Mm. That only lasted two weeks, or was it three? Ooh. Two. All this channel talk of Channel Seven's getting the blood rising again. I can feel myself getting angry in preparation for the next segment. Yeah, actually, that's curious. They didn't have any anything on Let Loose Life. No. no. But oh, I'll get to that in a minute. You, you get to, you get to that in a minute. That's letters to box cutters. Trippy. Now I'm feeling. I'm not feeling relaxed as that. As that. ID should have uh, should have made me. I'm I'm feeling anger, and I think it's I think it's reflective anger because I'm not angry about anything. But Ooh. it's radiating. From it's both it's radiating. And I. Mm-hmm. radiating. I, I can just feel the anger. I'm sitting between you both, and it's just hitting me. And now I want to get angry. And we haven't actually discussed what we're going to say, but we have a pretty good idea that we're coming from the same page. Now you're both now going to talk about. Channel 7's 50 years of Channel 7. Five decades of right. laughs and legends. Right. And not only that show, but also five decades of laughs and legends, the, the naughty, naughty bits. bits. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Okay, ready, set, angry. Oh, you don't have to, you don't have to ready, set us. Because right. Tony Squires hosts this piece of crap. <laughs> there you go, for a start. <laughs> a typical example of what's wrong with Channel 7. I mean, why, why, why steal Tony Squires from the ABC in the first place? Well, they thought that uh, they could do something good with him. And, uh... well, other than put him in a box in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. He was in the vaults at Channel 7, which is close to in a cave. Well, yep. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the Olympics coverage where he was hosting <laughs> from back here. <laughs> he, he, he was in the Channel 7 vaults. Uh, was it really? It looked so stagey. It did, it did. And he was trying to link all of the god-awful clips together with some kind of semblance of uh, witticisms and, uh, I don't know, whatever else he was doing. Did you notice the canned laughter? Mm-hmm. He, here he is. He's, in, he's supposedly in the Channel 7 vaults and they've got canned laughter coming up after everything he said. Oh. And applause. Canned applause as well. Yep. Oh. Why? I, so what, what sort of clips did they have? Well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, this 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 show was incredible. They they had it was it it was just petty and sniveling. They had uh, clips. Of, it, it showed why Channel Seven is way behind and will continue to be way behind. I think uh, they pretty much showed clips of Fast Forward um, yep. Tonight Live. They showed clips of Hamish and Andy saying, "Oh, look how funny this is! Look at this show that we canned after three episodes." Oh. Yep. They claimed they they basically were, they were claiming stars and shows for themselves. I mean, we've got such a small pool here in, from from shows that they'd actually axed, yes. like the Eleventh Hour, which went on to to great Become success the as comedy the comedy company. company. Exactly, yeah. And they're claiming that as, hey, look at this Eleventh Hour. We this didn't great mention Channel Seven. We show. didn't mention in the uh, Marie Carty interview. We didn't mention the Eleventh Hour in all the shows that Channel well, she, Ten have taken from Channel oh, Seven. Right. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, but even, even even worse than that, it was stars of shows too. Like they'd have, they had Delta Goodrum because she was apparently in a country practice. She was on. She was the Munchkin on the Mike Walsh show. Oh, was she? I, I think that was her. Wasn't it? Oh, okay, I'm not sure. She was on Hey Dad. 
Right. And then, and then, of course, she went off and became big on Neighbours, and she came back for the uh, Royal, whatever it is, Red Cross um, Children's Hospital appeal. appeal. And they go, see, see, she's actually a Channel 7 star. And they did the same with Anthony Kalia. <laughs> see, see, he, he, really, he really belongs to Channel 7. Um, it was just, yeah, I, 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 don't want to, uh, I don't want to jump in prematurely, Brett, but I think it was summed up beautifully by its ending in which Tony Squires said, uh, you know, he, he, he had this long spiel about how some programs leave an indelible mark on the psyche of the nation and things will never be forgotten. And he was saying this 100% seriously, no joking, and the high point that they finished their show off with was Magna Sabansky doing her impressions of the fat kid from Hey Dad with his sorbent toilet paper outs. Oh, no. Did they have any of the uh, Gary MacDonald, Norman Gunston stuff from Channel 7? Not, not while I was watching. Did, you, did they have any of that earlier? No, I don't think so. Right, so 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 they actually did have some great stuff on Channel Seven that they didn't bother showing. Yeah, well, it was pointless they were showing anything because Tony freaking Squires would would talk over over the top of the first twenty seconds of it. Then you get five seconds, and then it would be back to Tony Squires. It was so frustrating. It was like like if you if you'd been able to see like a proper scene of thirty seconds, it may have been entertaining, but. The fact that, that he was all over the top of it and it was all, look at me, look at me, look at Channel 7 and the, the fantastic shows that we had that they axed and wasn't there, theirs at all. Yeah. It, was, it was one of the most frustrating experiences I've had in a long time. Yep, yep, I, I would agree. And they, uh, for example, they, had, um, they showed a clip of Mark Holden from 20 or 30 odd years ago, from whenever it was, whenever he was a... Uh, you know, whenever he was a little, you know... A teen heartthrob uh, singer. And, you know, they introduced it as, oh, this is a judge on one of those shows where they judge people. Maybe people should judge this. And there was nothing wrong with it. It just perhaps looked a little dated. And right. then at the end of that, you know, they've got... Uh, they cut back to, to Squires with his kind of supercilious grin on his face. And he's just kind of, you know, saying, touchdown. Uh, like, it was just... Oh. It was just awful, and there was nothing. There was nothing wrong with the with the clip that they'd shown. Yep, right. But um, I think interestingly, uh, you know, this is the third network now of the free to airs that have done their f- celebrating forty nine years of television thing. Somehow, I completely missed Charles Hens. Channel Ten was quite a bit earlier, yeah, and, and theirs was called Forty Years because they've only been around for forty. It years. was yeah, it was the Channel Ten Forty Years. But I think that really interestingly, the um, the networks, each of their shows, has reflected the psyche of of their network. Channel Ten, uh, Rove did it because Rove basically runs Channel Ten, uh, and it was Rove and um, Bert Newton, and it was yep. kind of irreverent, and they were laughing at themselves, and it was and it was good, like it was, it was a good show, and they didn't take themselves too seriously. Channel 9 did it. They took themselves very seriously. Everything was way down the line. Everything was very straight. They didn't just do their own shows. They did shows from every channel. It's like, yes, we're the serious network. Hosted by Eddie Maguire. Hosted and, by and Eddie They Maguire. sold it as hosted by Eddie Maguire, but you saw him about six times sometime oh, for okay. the entire show. Yeah, yeah. And then Channel 7 do it, and they come across looking like the third runner-up. They come across looking pissy and, oh, we're good too, and... 
And the joke of, of the second show, the, the five decades of laughs and legends, the naughty bits, which was Tony Squires talking all the way up to the end of, of the first show. Yep. And then the viewer advisory coming in and saying whatever it did. And then straight back to Tony Squires. And it seemed like it was five minutes of the naughty bits. It was. It was. They showed, they showed three or four three or four clips. Which and, weren't and what even were these clips particularly from? naughty. Uh, the later, the, uh, Steve Weiser. Tonight Show with Steve Weizard on the camera with his special X-ray, X-ray specs that had the, the crowd nude. Right. Ha, hysterical. Uh, the one I was talking about with the puppet and the sexual yep. stimulation of the female host. Um, just some more basic full frontal uh, kind of stuff. Julian Clary and... Rex Mossop. Rex Mossop. Uh, you know, oh, hey, he's a poofter and you're really homophobic. Hysterical. Um, and um, and they finished it off with, oh, this just you know this just sums up everything again. You know, oh, it's really saucy, it's really funny, and it was a really bad full frontal sketch of taking off SBS, where basically the plot was, oh look, the subtitles are blocking the nude bits, the nude bits, mm. culminating right. in uh, uh, yes, an an erecting subtitle. As the final gag. Well, I uh, I'm quite glad I didn't see it because then I'd probably have poked my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> I it, did. It was just it was just awful. All this anger has gotten me angry. Let's take a short break, couple of seconds of break, and come back. I've changed the show around, guys. Because you're going to get angry. If you're angry, yeah. Why not send us an email at hooray at theboxcutters.net and tell us what you're angry about. That's actually hooray at at boxcutters.net. What did I say? The Box Cutters. Ah. Hooray at boxcutters.net. That's our email address. <laughs> but you'll know that anyway because that's where you download everywhere. show from. Anger everywhere. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. The Apprentice started late this week. Yes. And there was a show on Channel 7 that was cut out halfway through. To accommodate the birth of Princess Mary's child. Who? Oh. Wait a minute. We don't have a Princess Mary. Prince, Princess Mary of Australia. What? You know, is, is she one of the Windsors? No, 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 no. Has no, she no. got a boat? No, no, she's from Tassie. She's from, and what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah she, she was the winner of last year's Australia Princess. <laughs> I think. Uh, Princess Mary, not an Australian citizen. But once was uh-huh. had a child, and for ten minutes we had to see them out front of the hospital waving at everybody, and then had to see the prince put Mary into a into a car and drive off, and it just Leaving kept the baby behind. It just kept going <laughs> and going. Are you going to get annoyed going. when uh, my wife and I interrupt channel uh, programming on Monday when we leave the hospital? Because I'm sure there'll be life crosses to that. At least that will have more relevance to my <laughs> life. <laughs> That's true. Were you watching uh, the Channel 7 one or were you watching the No, Channel I was watching one? Channel 9 waiting for The Apprentice to start. Michael Usher's, uh, uh, the reporter for Channel 9, he's improvising. Ooh. <laughs> uh, obviously, they've just said to him, talk, talk over the top of these images. And it was just, I mean, he was okay for a while. But 10 or 15 minutes into it, he was just drowning. And I kept cutting back to whoever it was in the studio. I can't think of who was in the studio. But she looked on the verge of pissing herself laughing. <laughs> you know, why, why not just go, oh, they're leaving the hospital. Here's some footage of them leaving the hospital. 
and then cross back to it. I mean, it's not 15 minutes worth of news. You know, if they want to, if they want to string it out to 15 minutes, then what they need is a team of paparazzi on motorcycles <laughs> with a high-speed high chase through some tunnels under the Seine and uh, culminating in a fireball. Oh, and you know what? If That's we... worth 15 minutes. <laughs> That's funnily enough. Short of that. That's actually that's actually how Australian Princess ends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just quickly though, did you actually end up watching The Apprentice? Uh, I did watch The Apprentice. Another fantastic episode. I know uh, I've talked about The Apprentice three weeks in a row. Get on it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, it's... High points would be uh, one of the people asking George his opinions. <laughs> because, George, because you're an old man. Yeah, because they were, de- they were dealing with retirement, uh, retirement village. George, you'll understand this. <laughs> and the other one was, it's, uh, it was a techno expo and uh, the girls having on their cake, techno. <laughs> Welcome to the was... techno expo. And uh, Carolyn, was... Carolyn pointing it out. That was just beautiful. You know, just spinning the cake around saying, what does this say? Oh, it says techno expo. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> No, it, Carolyn, I, you know, is the true star of that show. Oh, definitely, she's, definitely. She's so good. Her reaction shots are just superb. That's what makes it for me. I, I'm, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's, it's incredibly funny. Whether it's meant to be or not, it's incredibly funny because of the irony of all these people, all these egos, and such a shit job that they do. Yeah, oh, they, they're just terrible at it. Yep, yep. I would not hire any of them. And such amazing, like The Amazing Race, I think, amazingly good editing. Yes. Like just setting up the jokes you know, having them say one thing about how brilliant they are and then, of course, going to a footage of them just making a complete fool of themselves. It doesn't have the great folly that uh, that America's Next Top Model has where every time someone says something stupid, they have this great boing <laughs> noise that comes in every single time. It's hilarious. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. So... Uh, you know, The Apprentice doesn't have that, but yep. they do have the bumbling music. They do have the the great editing, the great reaction shots, and and they've got eighteen really, really gifted, stupid people. Yeah, it's it's great entertainment. Yep, get on Definitely. board. Uh, let's talk about some new shows. G'day, you're listening to Ed Phillips here from Temptation across the Nine Network, and I am special guest of the Box Cutters. Love the guys' show. Love all three of you. God, you're funny. <laughs> Never miss a show, and like, sometimes if I do, they make tapes of it on the internet and then send it to me. That's right. Because Ed doesn't have the internet. <laughs> uh, already mentioned Hey Hey by Request on 7.30 Saturday who, night. Who is requesting these things? Well, I don't know. I don't know. They're not playing all the requests because I requested that they didn't show it. <laughs> <laughs> Been working on that joke all week. Can yeah, you tell? That's a nice one. <laughs> it's probably Kerry requesting something that doesn't actually cost them anything to, to put on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm telling you, it's twofold. It advertises the DVD, and it's, it's saying, oh, does it rate? Let's get... Daryl back next year. Have they got Lavinia hosting it? Oh, I don't know who. I don't know who. Because you know Lavinia was a, a co-host. Yes, she was. She was. Of hey hey, very brief, when, briefly until she was uh, discovered to be more intelligent than Daryl Summers. <laughs> back when she was the new um, Jackie McDonald. Yes. Uh, also, um, uh, Scrubs, as we mentioned earlier, new episodes of Scrubs. Uh, I think eleven thirty, eleven forty-five Tuesday nights around that time. A good double for those who like good comedy with uh, Arrested Development on before it. I, and I can't stress this enough. Arrested Development, the best comedy on television of the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years. 
just amazingly clever, superb, really excellent writing, so quick. Yep, and the acting is amazing as well. I don't know how they got this group of people together, but the the acting is just fantastic. Season two has just come out on DVD in the United States. Oh, okay. uh, it actually came out last week, and uh, we're lucky enough to have a friend in the States who's going back this week. So, Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, Foxtel, uh, 6.30 Sunday night, I think. Foxtel are having their show celebrating 50 years of Foxtel. Ten. Ten. Oh, sorry, ten, ten years. Ten years of Foxtel. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. Ten years of Foxtel. Uh, like, it's a reminiscing show. What are they going to reminisce about? Oh, we showed some Gilligan's Island once. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> look, Knight Rider. To be fair, I have to say, Foxtel are just getting better and better and better as far as picking up shows that the networks have just let go by the wayside, uh, showing The Shield in in good time, unlike what Channel 10 did originally with The Shield. Uh, And uh, they also showed Dead Like Me, which was a great show that the networks never picked up on. Uh, Deadwood. Deadwood. Mm -hmm. uh, And uh, there are other shows like Rescue Me. They they are doing some great uh, first-run television at the moment. Now is the time to start getting on board with Foxtel, I would say, because now is the time that people are actually missing out. I mean, they were, they were also the first to show Arrested Development right. all of season one, mm. uh, and they're showing all of Scrubs. They're, they're just doing what the networks should have been doing. So they've finally seen where the networks were falling down and, and are picking it up. Okay. Uh, they have just picked up Entourage, Oh, which yeah. was on HBO in the States and is an excellent show. Mm-hmm. Just a real, another really good half-hour comedy slash drama, but mostly comedy. Jeremy Piven uh, was nominated for an Emmy this year uh, for, for his role in, in Entourage, and now suddenly everyone's gone, we want it, we want it, we want it, we want it. It's Emmy nominated, we have to have it. And uh, Arena of all people, have, have picked it up. Okay. And in their infinite wisdom, uh, starting to air it on New Year's Day. <laughs> it Sounds will, like a winner. First episode will air New Year's Day, and then it will air Sunday nights at 8.30 every week after that. Mm-hmm. That's the same day that Channel Seven's starting uh, the new season of Amazing Race, isn't it? <laughs> no, I, I believe that will come in February. But- uh, this isn't really a new show, but um, the last few weeks, uh, SBS has been showing uh, Mirazaki uh, Festival, who's yes, yes, a fantastic Japanese animator. Not kind of in the anime style; it's it's very it's more kind of uh, Alice in Wonderland kind of. Um, yeah, I guess that's the best way to describe it. Beautiful. Well, last night they had Kiko the delivery Kiki's delivery Kiki's service. delivery service. Yep, which is kind of set in Europe. Yep. Uh, yep. As a which is strange for, for anime. Yeah, very much so. And uh, very beautiful uh, hand, hand-done hand original kind of animation rather than uh, computer-generated animation. And a beautiful story as well. Yes. And I think his finest film, uh, or certainly in my opinion, Spirited Away, is on uh, this Tuesday night, which is a fantastic film. If you get a chance, I think you should definitely watch it. One gripe I have, though, with it is all of their shows, they've been showing the uh, dubbed versions. Yeah, because SBS hate hate having uh, subtitles. Yeah, they'll never do it. No, SBS will never show a show with subtitles. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> I have no idea why they're doing that. I have no idea, but it's it's quite annoying. It, it, it the, is, and uh, the 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 stories and scripts and everything end up quite different. Oh, really? Is is my understanding? Uh, 
was talking to somebody who saw both versions of his most recent film, uh, which is out at the moment, called Howl's Moving Castle. Yep. And uh, thankfully here in Victoria, the Nova was the only one that picked up the original Japanese one with the subtitles. And um, yeah, coming out of that, talking to somebody who'd seen both versions and said the scripts were quite different. So... That seems mm. a bit odd to me. Oh, that's that's annoying. But if you haven't seen Spirited Away, definitely oh, see definitely, it. I mean, definitely. If not for the story, definitely for the animation. But the story is just great as well. It is. It is. Like nothing that you have seen before. So when's that airing, Russ? Uh, Tuesday night at 9.30, I believe. Okay, on SBS. On SBS. This is Marie Cardi, and you are listening to that fluffy white cloud of goodness box cutters. <laughs> Stick it in the fire and eat it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, oh, Marie was such a great guest. Mm. She was. She was many strings. Many strings to her bow. So yeah, we will. Uh, we will try try to get her in again. We're talking uh, to a number of people there. about uh, upcoming guests. Uh, some very exciting people coming in too. So yeah. stay tuned for that over the weeks ahead. It's, you know what, Box Cutters, it's just going to get better and better and better. <laughs> and it's already the best show on the internet. It is. <laughs> Who's going to argue? <laughs> Who's going to argue? I think it's time for the Box Cutters quiz. Let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that... That was going to be so smooth. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, it wasn't? It wasn't. All right, what about now? I uh, don't think so. I was just thinking of uh, a bit of an outro. Is that the end of the show? Almost. That's the end of the show. Well, um, congratulations. But we do to, have to talk about the quiz. Congratulations to Betsy, who uh, who won the quiz uh, this week. Well done, Betsy. And uh, and we'll be sending her a box cutters T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Once the uh, once the controversy is resolved. Yes, yes, we'll <laughs> we'll work through those those problems. Uh, do we have Do we have quick quiz questions? I don't, I don't think we've got time. To speak, no, no we? time for the quiz this week. Quiz returns next week. That's Box Cutters, Episode 7. I've been Josh Canal. See you later. I've been Brett Crawley. Oh, I've been Ross McQueen. Thank we'll you. be back again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.